It's Dav, Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. We've all been silly enough to have children, um, and a lot of people listening have done the same as well. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it it is what everyone says. It's the most rewarding thing you'll do in your life, and it is also one of the toughest things that you'll do. Um, And and we're in a position with my family where we have a a 3-year-old, a 6-year-old, and an 18-year-old. And I can tell you, having done it the whole lot, the hardest part is the one we're in now with our 18-year-old. And that is the fact that um, he's not a little boy anymore and he's not that little dude that you you hang out with and who you moulded and everything you said was always right. Or you have moulded and now you look at what you've done. (laughs) And and exactly that at the same time. But you find yourself in this really hard position and we're in it at the moment and, and I think it's been intensified due to the pandemic is that we have an adult who we still have to raise. Mm. And how do you find the perfect balance between being the parent to someone, mm. um, which is still what he wants from us and what we want to do for him, but also letting Ethan, um, as an 18-year-old, be an adult, make his own decisions and, uh, I guess, grow into his own person. Mm. Um, and it's something I've struggled with really, really hard over the last sort of few months because I feel like my whole relationship with Ethan has just become about trying to get him to be more of an adult and I feel like I don't have a son anymore and I know he feels I nag him a lot but I don't want to be nagging but I want him to be the best he can be it's really, really yeah. hard. It's it's emotionally draining, and um, I just want him to go back to being six so we can play tennis. <laughs> um, and to do <laughs> it's, it's something we used to do a lot together <laughs> on the weekend. Okay, okay, sorry. You just yeah, don't like a tennis guy. No, 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 that's cool. You must have back in the day. Saturdays, we used to go scooting together and play tennis. Right, right. right. Um, uh, to talk <laughs> about this um, is Dr. Jeffrey Arnott. Now, he's from um, the United States, and he's done a lot of TED Talks around this. You've got a theory around this sort of horrible situation I'm finding myself in, Dr. Jeffrey. Yes, I have proposed the idea of emerging adulthood, which means there's a new life stage now between adolescence and a settled young adulthood. Because people stay in education longer, they get married later, they have their first child later than ever before. And so this new thing that's between age 18 and sometime in the mid to late 20s is like a new life stage. It's not just an extended adolescence. They're not going through puberty. They're not minors under the law and so on. But it's not really a full adulthood either. And it is tricky for parents, just like it's tricky for the emerging adults themselves. We don't really have any set rules for it, so we're sort of making it up as we go along. It's an interesting point you make because I hadn't thought of that about that before, but a generation before this one, they weren't staying at home. They were fighting wars sometimes. There was a big jump from teens to being an adult, and it was very quick. Sure, if you fight a war, that'll make you grow up quick. But people also, more commonly, a more common experience is that people just married earlier and had their first child mm. earlier, and they went to work earlier, had a stable job and an independent residence earlier. So in many ways, they were grown up faster than emerging adults are today, which is a mixed thing. I mean, it wasn't uh, necessarily a great thing to marry at the age of 20. I mean, my, my twins are 20 right now, and I'd be horrified if one of them announced that they were engaged. They have no idea 
what that would entail. And <laughs> right. there's nobody at 20, I don't think, a person can make that sort of decision wisely. So it's not necessarily a bad thing that people are taking longer to grow up. I guess we can hope they'll make better decisions. How much is a reflection of, of the parent as well, of them going, I was doing this at your age, why aren't you doing it? Because I've noticed that a lot of um, guy friends of mine, and it's probably the same as you, are yeah. harsher on their sons than they are on their daughters. And likewise, I know a lot of friends are harsher on their daughters as, as girls rather than their sons. Yeah. So how much is it a reflection of, I guess, them seeing themselves at that age and what they were doing? I think there's that temptation for parents to compare their kids at 18 or 22 or 25 to what they were doing at that age. But it's really not quite a fair comparison because times have changed so much. The economy is so much different. It's changed to a knowledge economy now that you really need to get education or some kind of training for longer than people did in the past. A lot of my interactions with my 18-year-old son, and I don't want them to be like this, are me quizzing him on what he's done today, you know, has he been productive? Has he been trying to get more hours at work? Because uh, oh, I want to grump. I, yeah, no, but exactly. why is that so important to you? Because I actually want the best for him. How do I make my relationship with him, ask him the questions and get the information I want without it always being about that? Because our relationship can be quite strained at times due to that. Well, I would say ask fewer questions like that, frankly. I mean, he doesn't want to hear that every day. If he has a job and he's working regularly at it and showing up for it and doing well at it, I think you should be pretty happy with that. You know, not expect him at 18 to suddenly have his whole life planned out. I mean, did you at 18? Hardly anybody does. I certainly didn't. I think it's important for parents to chill out and be patient with their emerging adults, especially at 18. If he were 27 or 28 and didn't seem to be moving along in life, that would be one thing. But 18, at the same time, I, I do sympathize because my kids are 20 and I often want to give them instructions about how to live better, but I realize that they don't necessarily want to hear it. And this is a time of life for them to make decisions on their own. I think as long as they're moving along forward in some way, either the work they're doing or the education they're getting, then I think you have to be patient. It takes time to find their way because they don't have a fully formed identity yet. They're still figuring out who they are. Give them time and space to figure that out. Well, we won't about, this guess, to him, will we? <laughs> <laughs> what about, I guess, the frustration is um, and Maddie's coming home and he is he is working, but on days that he's not, he's sitting there watching TV and I guess Maddie's jealous because he wants to do it. But what's something that I guess uh, people listening can um, get some sort of... Um, comfort with that is it better for them to pay rent or is it better for them to contribute to the household in some way so they're not sort of thinking oh well they're just lazy teenagers that's a really good question and we struggle with it too i think money is not as important as household responsibilities at least that's the way me and my wife look at it you know my daughter takes an equal share of the responsibilities for cooking and cleaning up and doing laundry and all sorts of household things. And she should. I mean, she's 20 years old. She's capable of all those things. And by requiring that, you're preparing them for when they're going to have to do those things on their own mm. once they move out of the household. But I don't think it makes a lot of sense 
to require them to pay rent at 18 or 20, unless you need the money, then you're certainly within your rights to do that. I guess it was easier to cut the umbilical cord when they did move out at 18 and, and you know, pretty much straight after high school. But this is why this is a conflict now, because you've still got your child living in your house and you still have that overwhelming sense of, I'm the father here, he will listen to me and he will do what I say. Sure. You know, we can't help but offer them helpful advice, right? Because we want the best life for them. And we know more than they do. And we made a lot of the mistakes that they're making now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we prefer to protect them from that. But unless they're doing something that's harmful to themselves or to other people, or unless they seem like they're really struggling, they're depressed, or they have a substance abuse problem, or something like that. Yeah, no, and, and look, this is exactly I wanted to talk to you, Dr. Jeffrey, because I, I don't for a second think that it's all his fault. Mm. You know, I think in the fact of how much I love him and how much I want him to use his potential, mm. you know, but I just go about it in the wrong way by, by nagging him rather than encouraging him. Yeah, and you know, he's lucky to have you because some parents don't care. They really want their kids out of the household at 18 so they can have their own lives back and have more freedom and, and not have their kids getting in their way. So he is lucky to have you. He's lucky you care so much. You just have to be careful not to overdo it, I think, mm. so that he starts to resent you and feel like you're interfering with him moving forward in life. Gotta chillax, man. Just chillax. Yeah, you gotta relax. <laughs> gotta chillax, man. It's cool. It's cool. But our emerging adults today are so much more sensible mm. than yes. when I was their age. I so know. I'm really grateful. Well, I used to go out and get drunk three, four times a week. I drove like an idiot. Mm. I took more substances than I really want to talk about. They don't do any of those stupid things. So when I'm tempted to give them advice, I try to remember to be humble about my own past, <laughs> how much trouble I caught my parents and, and how much luckier I am with my own kids. See, that's where it is so strange because he has a, a girlfriend and whenever they're over, I'm like, do you guys want to have a drink? And they're like, no, we're just going to, um, we're trying to watch the whole series of Friends at the moment. And then even even that sounds stupid that I would quiz them they as to why... They can't win. You got annoyed that no. they didn't get drunk when they went out. <laughs> I know, but this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying, Jeffrey. I'm, I'm saying to him, what? What? I don't understand why you guys aren't binge drinking, but that I should be happy with that. We should be grateful for our sensible kids. Absolutely. Well, Emerging um, Adulthood, you've actually got a book as well, which you can go online um, and you can actually uh, order that. You're a senior research scholar in psychology at Clark University. Um, I've taken a lot out of this, Dr. Jeffrey, so thank you so much for your time this morning. You're welcome. My pleasure. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105.